Ah, yes, friends. On a Monday, OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where I am one of your hosts, Adam Armbrecht, also covering the Brooklyn Nets on the Locked On Nets podcast, not being joined by Andy Makowitz en route, possibly already arrived down in Florida. Sunny skies for him as the snow starts to fall on the East Coast, at least uh, on the New Jersey East Coast. So Andy will join us later in the week and uh, give his reaction to the delightful performance for the New York football giants on Sunday, 29 to three. They fall to the Chicago bears in Chicago. Going to get into some of the player performances out of this specifically Saquon Barkley going to talk about the defensive side of the ball and some things that we like, but ultimately uh, we're going to get into the post game press conference and Joe judge because that's the uh, the lightning rod that has come out of this game. Quickly, like I said, 29-3 to three for the New York football Giants. A disastrous game. Negative uh, 10 net passing yards in this one. Not since the days of Ryan Lee for the 1998 Chargers have we seen that kind of performance. I don't entirely uh, put it at the feet of Mike Glennon because... Mike Glennon is Mike Glennon. I don't know what expectations you were setting for him coming into this game. Four of 11, 24 yards with the two picks. Also coughed up a couple of fumbles. So you get early turnovers in this game. That leads to short fields for the Chicago Bears. They're quickly up 7-0, 14, and then ultimately uh, 14-3 and 22-3 uh, before you get to the break. So that was it. And then it was just kind of a, a slow bleed the rest of the way. A QBR of zero for Mike Glenn, just in case anyone's wondering. And, and then listen, it, it's another bad performance, obviously, by the offense. We, we've talked about the offensive line a ton. The first play of the game, you know, Andy and I talked about previewing this one, expectations, and whether or not you think that the Giants are capable of winning any of these games, at least you like to have the first four or five, maybe even, maybe even an entire quarter of football before you realize that the Giants are not going to be capable of pulling one out. This was about three seconds. The Chicago Bears brought pressure on the very first play. The offensive line could not handle it. Fumble, recover, the other way, scores, game over. And it's unfortunate because when you when you look through the stat lines uh, from this game, especially on Chicago's side of it, you know, Andy Dalton under center for them, you really you really see an opportunity on a week-to-week -week basis for the Giants to be more successful. And even though they're dealing with injuries, no price in this one, a lot of rotation across the line, um, you have to realize that ultimately the defense is doing its job in these games. 18-35 for Dalton, 173 yards, one up, one down. Uh, the rushing attack of David Montgomery... 2.9 yards per carry, 64 total on the ground, only 87 as a team, 64 for Montgomery. So defense doing its job on that side of the ball. A little bit tricky to get a gauge on these games as well because the offense is doing absolutely nothing. So the opposing offense doesn't have to necessarily be forcing the issue in any set of circumstances. Um, but it, but it, it, it's difficult. And I, you know, I said this coming into this game because it was Chicago because they're a team that may be firing their head coach, because they're a team that has big free agent decisions to make, like Allen Robinson, because they're a team that drafted a quarterback in Justin Fields. He's been hurt on and off. You have this other rotating carousel with Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. It's just, it's a bad, it's a bad team right now, right? They need to figure out what direction they're going. 
Didn't have any problem beating the Giants, though. Didn't have any problem getting to 6-10, and 10, and, and maybe they'll end up being a 7-10 and 10 team, even 6-11. and 11. It's just the competency around other quote-unquote bad NFL teams looks starkly different than what the New York football Giants are putting out there. With that, let's uh, kind of sum up Joe Judge, who went on a bit of a diatribe uh, in the press conference, seems like a, a coach who is trying to defend his job here as we push towards the offseason. Remember, seemed like John Mara gave him a vote of confidence ahead of the Eagles game last week, then that performance, then this performance, and one more week to go. Um, I, I pulled this quote as being uh, the summation of what to take away from, from Joe Judge's postgame presser, and that was, I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than further away. I can tell you that right now. Now, inside of it, he talked about you don't see guys checking out, that you've got players that are going to be free agents that are in, in his office telling him that he they want to be back next year. You've got free agents from other teams uh, that used to be on the Giants that are calling and saying how they wish they were still a part of the team. <laughs> it's a lot of... Um, it, it feels like a lot of desperation from a head coach that sees that there aren't enough excuses or no no number of excuses are going to give you leeway from what the performance has been on the field. And Mike Lennon's awful. That's fine. But the set of circumstances you found yourself in has been the same with consistency over the last several weeks. So your inability to find new ways to manufacture success, that's a problem. We're going to get to Saquon Barkley. They use some wildcat in this one with him taking direct snaps under center. Great. You haven't had Kadarius Tony available for you. We mentioned him in the in the lead up to this one. Understandable. And maybe you would have used him in some of those schemes as well. But again, there's too many teams around the league that have dealt with injuries, have had players come and go, that don't have starting quality caliber quarterbacks and yet they still manage to have success and you can go the step further and talk about the product that you that you brought in how did you prepare the qb room so that you wouldn't be in this spot we mentioned in, in the in the lead up as well nick Foles, andy dalton veteran guys with experience they're on chicago garner Minshew, right all of these guys uh, tyron taylor down in houston plenty of opportunities around the league even think about in the division as well um, with Heineke, right? They brought in Fitzpatrick. So you, you still had this opportunity and then he suffers an injury. Okay, fine. But you had Heineke who gave you a little flash of something last year and then you brought in another veteran that you knew was more than capable of leading that football team. So it, it, this, this one's frustrating and, and it's difficult. One of the things that Joe Judge mentioned at the end of it is if you're going to fire bullets at players for their performances it has to go through him first to get to them the one thing and we're going to get to some other player comments here that maybe uh, show a little bit of crack in this facade is that this is a team that hasn't been fractured as far as the players right it, i don't know if you give that credit to joe judge or not on the one hand, and what Joe Judge wants you to believe is that he's changed the culture and that this team is building in the right direction. That's what he wants you to acknowledge in a four-win season. That you have the right cornerstone pieces in place. The attitude is right. The dedication is right. The guys are coming in. They're working. They're doing all the little things. And that's a product of what 
I've brought to this organization. And that could be true. The other side of it would be that if you're a free agent and you know, pending free agent on this team, you're just putting your best foot forward. So when you go into free agency, you can go onto the open market and tell suitors, hey, I, I want to do the right thing. I show up. I'm dedicated. I work the process. I don't give up on a week-to-week basis, even if my team is terrible, all that stuff, right? So you can be putting that good film on tape. Or if you're a player that's on this roster who maybe isn't a pending free agent, we've talked about a Saquon Barkley. We've talked about James Bradbury. We've talked about a lot of these players and said, if you're going to be here because you're under contract or you think the team's going to bring you back, whatever the case may be, you still want the next GM and the next potential head coach to look at you and say you're a viable option because whether or not we, we think that the giants right now are terrible, there's no guarantee that these players in any set of circumstances are going to end up in a better situation somewhere else. And sometimes when you're a big contract on a team and say the giants are trying to move it, you can find yourself on a worse team. If that's possible, I don't think so. The Giants actually recently submitted their application to become the first NFL farm system team. They haven't introduced it yet. It's a whole thing. Goodell's going to roll out here at the end of the year. They're going to take a handful of teams, shuffle them down, kind of have that, you know, it's like the MLB, right? A little AAA squad. And the Giants want to lead that charge. They are hoping that they could be a 500 team in that division. But, but, but that's the state of it. And on, on the one hand, it's just, it, it's a head coach flailing. And on the other hand, I don't know what, you know, what else you're supposed to do. One of the final, one of the final commentaries around this is, and there was an anonymous head coach, former head coach or current head coach. Don't know. Don't like when you don't get names put to it, but he was saying, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of sad. This is a head coach that sees that the writings on the wall for him. And now he's flailing and he's a, a mini bill Belichick. I will say, if you want to, criticize uh, Joe Judge even a little bit further here. It's that, go back to last year, and uh, he's not Bill Belichick, but look at Bill Belichick last year when the Patriots having a terrible year. Exact same attitude and mentality that he has this year when they're going to win the division and they're going back to the playoffs and they have the new franchise quarterback. Now that can come because you know behind you, you have everything working like a well-oiled machine, but the temperament doesn't change. And I, it's a fine line between coming out and saying the same thing over and over again and being incredibly dull and boring and getting criticized for that or being a little more emotional, giving a bit more of a response, going on an 11-minute diatribe and giving even more fodder for the media. So I, listen, we'll leave it there. We'll save our, our thoughts overall on Joe Judge and what it looks like for the offseason, et cetera for when we officially get there after next week's game against Washington. The other piece, though, I thought inside these numbers was Saquon Barkley. So here's a game where the Giants can't do anything offensively. This is returning to the field where he suffered that injury in week two, going back to the beginning of last season. And I, I, you know, I said it over on Twitter. I saw it in the broadcast when they showed the injury. One of the first things I picked up on was just that, at least to the eye, Saquon's muscle definition on his legs from early last year looks significantly more defined than how he looks this season. And it just made me think about what is, you know, what is the state of not, we know coming back from injury, but what, not just the conditioning, right? Where's the muscle strength there? 
And that's more than just saying, well, we want him to be a north and south runner. And if the legs aren't fully there, can he drive piles forward? And how long is it going to take him, right? Had a solid performance in this game. But it's also about the plant, you know, planting the foot and cutting uh, cutting up field, right? The jukes, all the moves that he wants to make. It all takes power and strength and flexibility and dexterity and, and everything that goes into it. And I just wonder how far away we are from seeing whatever the full strength version of Saquon's going to be. Doesn't change my opinion about what the Giants should be doing. And we'll again tie the bow onto that this offseason. But Saquon did come out after when asked and said, coming here to be able to have a 100-yard game and come to the place where the injury happened and kind of made my career go backwards a little bit, it does feel good. So it is nice. 21 carries, 102 yards. The best part about it is 4.9 yards per carry and only a long of 10 yards. So unlike any of these other games we've seen this year where he's had some success, but sometimes it's been 80 or 90 yards and there was a 35-yard run mixed in there. So the bulk of his carries add up to two to three yards per carry and then one home run hit. This was nice because he did it with some level of consistency. Now, again, I'll give you the caveat that when the offense can do absolutely nothing through the air, came into this game, by the way, with just Kenny Galladay, no other starting wide receivers available. You had David Sills out there. You had Farrow Cooper. He was there on the special teams blunder where they all they all back away and that thing gets down inside the two, leads to a safety, as we know. So, I mean, there, there's, there's all kinds of garbage to come out of this game. Um, but if you're the Chicago Bears defense, again, can you stack the box against Saquon Barkley? Yes. And then you could say, well, what, what a level of success that he had here. Sure. The other way that you can look at it is that there wasn't a whole heck of a lot that they needed to do defending the pass. So it's all relative, right? It's keeping it in front of you. You're up 22 to three at halftime. You know what the Giants haven't been able to do offensively. So at that point, we're all good, right? What, what else is there that we need to accomplish here over the course of the next three quarters, over the course of the next two quarters, the second half of the game? That's why, that's why it was seven points for Chicago. I'm not saying Andy Dalton is you know, Hall of Famer, but what did you need to do? Lead the clock, not get injured, and make it through the second half, make it through the, the final 30 minutes of a game. You won. The game was won after two quarters. The game was arguably won after, one, after the first quarter. But by halftime, you had won the game. Now it's just getting to the finish. So I think it applies to both sides of the ball. Sometimes the, the stats that the defense holds them to can't be as rosy as they may look, but on the other side of it, some of the offensive numbers have to be looked at. We've seen this in other games over the last few weeks. Garbage time, moving the ball a little bit, putting up a couple of touchdowns. Doesn't mean anything. Likewise, there's some, I do give some reservation around saying, oh, this was Saquon Barkley st starting to get himself going in the right direction. We'll see, uh, but ultimately... Pretty easy game from a defensive perspective if you were the Chicago Bears in this one. On the defensive side of the ball for the New York football Giants, the other thing, after you have Joe Judge saying, everyone's locked in, we're all on the same page, we all believe in the process, everyone's moving as one, all those, all those great things. You got this quote from James Bradbury. I take pride in taking the field and making plays for the team. I made an interception today. I wish I could have made more plays. That's our mindset. I'm worried about the defense. That's where I'm at. I don't play. He went on to say, I don't play on the offense. 
I play on the defense. I can't control what goes on over there. This is a little bit of the divide here, right? This is a little bit of something that we haven't seen a lot of or heard a lot of, but this is a player saying, yeah, listen, I'm going out there and doing everything that I can. But when I see three points get put up, and he, and he talked about getting put into short field after short field, he said it's an opportunity for the defense to go out and make plays. And also, you don't want to be in those spots. You don't want to be in those circumstances. I mean, there is a world where the Giants offensively would have been better suited to walk out and on first down, just punt the ball just to give the defense as much field to defend against the Chicago Bears. And that could have been a better opportunity for them. So, it, it, you know, I think you're starting to see a little bit of this. And Bradbury is one of those guys that has a big contract, big figure coming up in the offseason. Here's the and here's one of the things we're going to touch on a couple other guys on this defensive side of the ball. Remember, though, James Bradbury is playing to a 62.9 PFF grade right now. He has four interceptions on the year. He has 43 solo tackles, He's been targeted 90 times, surrendered 59 receptions. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag. We know that up front that they're still not quite the team they want to be there. They've been on the field for a lot of reps, but this is not the player that we saw last season for the New York football giants who played to a near 80 PFF grade and surrendered 44 catches on just 78 targets. So he's already been targeted 12 more times this year than last year. And this is a year where up and down on and off the field, you do have a Dory Jackson now though. And by the way, Adoree Jackson actually has, after kind of a slow start, again, some of those injury issues that we talked about, he may have actually been in protocols, I believe, as well as almost every single player in every single sport has. He's played to a 73, a near 73 grade. Only has the one interception. That's been frustrating. But 34 catches on 60 targets, that's a nice number there. And then you go back to last year for him. And, he, you know, listen, he didn't have a good year with the injuries. You got to go back to 2019 to get a real sample size on who he was as a player, right? Injured last season, doesn't get an opportunity to make plays. But you go back and think about what he's going to be. He's meant to come in and be this solid number two to James Bradbury, a 76 back in 2019, surrendered, only targeted 46 times. So a little bit of this, you know, sample size, no interceptions uh, that year. But, you know, a part of an overall solid unit there. So he comes into here. You put Bradbury on the other side of him as the number one. You have Xavier McKinney on the back end. You had Peppers until he suffered his injury. So you have some talented players there around him. He's having a good season. James Bradbury has had a good, not great year. And now you start to wonder with his age, what's going to be the value point on him? We'll get to it in the off season. The, the main takeaway here is, that is a veteran defensive player letting you know that there is a level of frustration right now when it comes to what the defense is trying to accomplish on a week-to-week -week basis and what the offense is affording them the ability to do. The other guy out of this game, I thought too, you saw, uh, you saw Aaron Robinson get beat for the touchdown. He's been playing well overall, I think. Um, and then you had Williams, though, who continues to be a bright spot. And for a secondary that you go back just one year prior, remember Sam, Sam Beal's been cut from this team. They didn't have a Dory Jackson. So now you have Julian Love, who's, you know, found a role for himself, a little bit of a jack of all trades, nice supplemental depth piece. But all of a sudden, this secondary does look a lot stronger 
for the New York football giants going forward, even with or without whatever happens, maybe with James Bradbury in the offseason, having a Dory Jackson, having Williams, having uh, Aaron Robinson, having Xavier McKinney, having love, right? Having you still have Logan Ryan as a part of this team as well. It's a nice collection of players there that I think you can be excited about. The one other one that came to mind here, though, was I'm going to start with this. Tay Crowder for the New York football giants this season has played to a 29 PFF. And I say that to bring up Jalen Smith, the one-time cowboy, the former uh, green Bay Packer been with the team for three weeks. He gets in there. Listen, is he a perfect player in terms of being able to do all phases? No, but he's an upgrade. And I think he showed you in this game, as we get inside the numbers here, there's not a lot, not a lot of flashy things, but, Seven total tackles, five solo, one sack, one for a loss, and a QB hit. That's what we want, right? We want a level of consistency, someone who can be a threat. Uh, again, is he going to be great dropping back into coverage all the time? Is he going to not, uh, you know, he tends to kind of react either too quickly, doesn't necessarily commit in the right direction sometimes, all the things that we talked about when the Giants were going to bring him in. But it's an upgrade. It's an improvement, and in a year when you lost Blake Martinez and you don't know what you have there, some of the bright spots, again, that are almost all on the defensive side of the ball is a player like Jalen Smith. It's a player like Lorenzo Carter, who now has six tackles with five solos, a sack, two for a loss, a pass deflection, and a QB hit in this game. I don't know what's going to happen with Lorenzo Carter, but the one thing I'll say is when you're looking at this team and you're thinking about players you want to bring back, he'll be a free agent. Think about all the guys the Giants didn't bring back that they could have. Think about the, you know, think about the players that they traded this year that maybe you would have preferred they kept, like a BJ Hill. I, I worry that some of these guys, are they all-stars? Are they Pro Bowl caliber players? No. But do you want to have a layer of depth behind your starters that you feel comfortable and, and confident in? You sure do. And I don't know what the price point is going to be for Carter in the offseason, but I'd much prefer to have him than maybe wondering Ellerson Smith, who did get out on the field in this game. Is he going to be able to develop in that in that direction? Right. Numbers matter. Cap hits matter, obviously, but very curious to see how that plays itself out over the remainder of this season and then going into the offseason, because there's some bright spots. Quincy Roche, Jalen Smith. Lorenzo Carter, right? And you know that you're not going to have back uh, O'Shane Eximenez. He's done. I don't think Tate Crowder is going to make it unless they're going to shift his role out of what was not supposed to be an expectation for him to be starting the way that he has. You know, it's it's a lot to heap on a, on a late round pick like that, but maybe he can just be a special teams contributor going forward. Overall, it's just rough. Um, it, it, it's a bad loss and it's a brutal beat. We've said this before, though, and the reason why I talk about some of these players is these are the guys that you can lock in on. When we look over at the defensive side of the ball, I can now look across this team and say, you like Leonard Williams. I'm starting to become a fan of Jalen Smith here, Lorenzo Carter, Xavier McKinney. I like Austin Johnson. I like Logan Ryan. I like Adoree Jackson. I like Quincy Roche. I you will know, see more from Ellerson Smith. I like what I've seen from Aaron Robinson. I like what you're getting from from the defensive side of the ball. Aziz Ojolari didn't get to him, right? But but, but Aziz Ojolari has played incredibly 
solid football for this team as a rookie. So you like what you have going forward. That's a lot of guys to say you feel pretty you feel pretty darn good about. And maybe that affords you to, to make some adjustments to help yourself financially. The problem is on the other side of the ball where we've seen the results. I don't, I don't care that you don't have Daniel Jones out there. Daniel Jones being out there was not going to win this game against the Chicago Bears. It wasn't going to win the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. It, he is not the end-all be-all here. So you can't be putting your eggs into that basket with consistency. At the end of the day, as Andy Makowitz would say, um, this is an absolutely deflating loss for the Giants. They stay at five and at eight, respectively, with their two top 10 picks. The Jets almost pull up the upset over the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That certainly would have helped them out. If, uh, if they could have pulled that off, they could have leapfrogged them and gotten into that third position. Doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Feels like this is kind of what we're going towards. Teams that you'll keep an eye on will be, you know, Washington next week. The Giants are going to play them. That's not going to matter for what we do. Uh, but Atlanta, that's an interesting one to watch. Um, the Chicago game, that'll be one to watch. Panthers, you know, you'll watch all these. But if we assume that we have two top 10 picks, there's a very interesting thing. Um, I'll leave you with this thought because it just crop, cropped into my head when I was watching the game yesterday. Andy and I talked about it. He was a, he was a fan of taking uh, Mika Parsons. We've seen the results there in Dallas. I was a big proponent of taking Slater. We've seen those results. That seems like that would have been the way to go. The question to ponder is the Giants traded back and ended up, let's just say, ended up netting themselves. Kadarius Tony, and also Aziz Ojolari. Now they get they get the extra first round pick. They get extra picks this year. They're going to have that to work with. Okay. But would you have rather just have had Amika Parsons or Rashawn Slater? Right? Would you rather have just had whatever pick, whatever one player there than everything else that you've accomplished? I think getting all the assets is awesome. But the question always remains, it's only what you do with those assets. And that's where we get optimistic about a new GM making new decisions and hopefully continue to grow this team in the right direction. Ponder on that one. It's not a, it's not one that I have a firm answer to. It's just a curious question that I'll throw out to Andy as well when we get together later in the week. As always, you can uh, follow, rate, review, subscribe, do all those great things on social media. Throw out questions over on YouTube. We're going to start posting things uh, up there you know, on social just to get feedback. What do you want to hear us talk about the rest of this week going into the Washington football game, the final game of the year. What are the first things that you want to hear about when we hit the offseason? We have a lot of content that we want to start ramping up, but we also want to be providing some insights, information, and answers to questions that you guys have too. So jump in on that as well. And as Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay, in spite of it all, in spite of it all, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.